You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus who bounces off a of one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Now, here's your host, NASA Chobie. Welcome into another edition of Hawk Talk. This time, the preview. The Seahawks coming off a big win at home as they defeated division rival Arizona Cardinals. Now we are looking ahead to those Los Angeles Chargers as the Seahawks head off onto the road. Let's see what we can do there as we start every preview edition. What's on tap? What's on tap? Bump, these Chargers are 4-2, second place in the AFC West. They got wins over the Raiders, the Texans, the Browns, and most recently over the Denver Broncos. And, boy, the Chargers, they're riding high right now, Bump. Three-game win streak, huge win over division rival on Monday Night Football. And straight up, this could not have gone any better if you're a Seahawks fan. Could not got any better. And, honestly, Bump, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to take a little bit of credit for this, and I'll tell you why. (laughs) So Monday morning, I'm like, hey, man, I'm looking at the game. And I'm like, this is going to be nice. Get a little preview of the Chargers. And I said, you know what I want today? I want an overtime game. I want it to go to the last minute, but I want the Chargers to kick a field goal to win it. So I get covered on all bases. Denver loses draft right. pick status because that's what I'm thinking about for next year and not, not just being petty, just draft pick. Then I'm thinking about, okay, this team's already on a short week. Now, let's just have them play an extra quarter. You know what I'm saying? They already got some guys banged up. <laughs> it didn't quite go as bad as, you know, to the final gun. But, hey, that's exactly – couldn't have gone any better. Not only did Broncos lose, Chargers had to play a lot more extra snaps. And um, this is good, man. I think only the Seattle market, though, Bump, probably enjoyed that football game. I'm not even sure L.A. was down with it, but it was what it was. Game only saw two touchdowns, seven field goals. Russell Wilson, who struggled a bunch this year, Bump, came out the gates on fire. Started 10 to 10, 146 yeah. yards passing, jumped out to a 10 0 lead on a 39 yard touchdown pass from Wilson to his tight end, Greg Dulcich. But from that point on, Bump, it was a struggle. Yeah, it was bad, man. Wilson was sacked four times. He had a rating of 86.6, and he injured his hamstring in the fourth quarter. So maybe that changed his game a little bit. He was a bit more elusive earlier in the game. Justin Herbert on the other side threw it 57 times for 236. 238 yards and didn't throw a touchdown for the first time in 27 games. 57 attempts without a touchdown is an NFL record. Needless to say, they were throwing that thing all across the yard, but it was an ugly game. It came down to overtime and overtime. This was a heads up play. We kind of saw this play with Tyler Lockett against the 49ers. The Broncos are back there ready to return a punt and a heads up play by the Chargers. I forgot who the guy was. He pushes a Denver Bronco into the returner, a legal play. I'm watching this game with my son. He's like, you can't do that. I go, yes, you can, son. That is a heads-up legal play. The um, Denver Broncos end up muffing the punt. And then four plays later, the gutsy performance by (laughs) Dustin Hopkins, the kicker, comes in there with a jacked-up hamstring. I mean, every kick he made, he's falling to one knee doing the Tim Tebow. He comes through clutch (laughs) and wins the game for him. You know, I couldn't – normally we don't talk about a gutsy performance from a kicker or anything like that. I mean, Dave Wyman <laughs> is rolling his eyes somewhere if he hears this. But you watched him like, man, this dude looks like he's in some real pain. For he's real. selling it, man, like completely just milking it, or he, he was in pain. And apparently he is because he's gone to the uh, 
don't know if they put him on IR, but he's going to miss a couple weeks with that hamstring. But he gutted it out, came through in the clutch. They won the game. And I'm feeling pretty good. If you're a Seahawks fan, you should be feeling pretty good because not only do the Seahawks not have to travel across the country for once, it feels like they always got to go across the country, but they might have a slight advantage against this Chargers team coming off a short week and an overtime game. Obviously, we'll get into head-to-head here. Chargers are a good football team. We know that. There are a lot of people's trendy pick to win the Super Bowl this year, right? You got a young Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen. You got a lot of dudes. Eckler's a good guy. We'll get into all those guys and man up. But when you look at this head, this head-to-head bump, I'll start with the Chargers. They got the seventh-ranked offense in the NFL, averaging 374 yards per game. They don't run it great. Eckler's a good player, but they're at uh, 25th in the league, 94 yards per game. But passing, man, Justin Herbert can throw that thing. This is the yeah. third best passing offense in the National Football League at 280 yards per game. And in points per game, they're tied for 11th with 23. So this offense is going to present challenges. Um, they didn't look as great as they could have against Denver. They lost, Their starting center was out, and the backup who replaced him was out, so their third-string guy was snapping at the end of that game. But this offense is not to be messed with, Bump. Yeah, lots of weapons on offense, and you look at the numbers, you got to respect it. Offensively for the Seahawks, they're 12th overall, 11th running, 14th passing, and tied for 8th when it comes to putting up points. They're averaging around 24 points per game. Defensively, they moved up just a little bit. No longer the worst defense in the league. They're now 30th, giving up 410 yards per game. 165 on the ground, that's good for 31st. And then their pass defense is 22nd in the league. I feel like that pass defense is better than 22nd, though, especially with the way Tariq is playing. Uh, Mike Jackson getting into the mix as well. And when you look at the stat leaders, you talked about Eckler, man. He is, I call him Mr. 25 and 25. He's got 25 receptions for touchdowns, 25 rushing touchdowns. We're going to see a lot of him. Ken Walker is now the leading rusher for your Seattle Seahawks. And then you got Lockett. Um, you got Uchenna with three sacks. He leads the team. T. Wu, Tariq Woolen has four himself. So on the other side, Khalil Mack, one of the best defensive players in the game right now, he has six sacks. So um, we talked about this Charger offense, but they got some guys on defense who can get her done. This will be a tough matchup for the Seahawks on the road, and this will be a huge one for their confidence. This will be probably the best win of the season if they can get that done. So hopefully they can figure out a way to get it done at SoFi Stadium. But these two teams are former AFC West rivals. Let's know the history. Know your history. Seattle leads the all-time series with their old AFC West rivals, as I mentioned, 26-25. to Chargers, though, have won three of the last four meetings. And the last game bump was a crazy game at Lumen Field back in 2018 as the Seahawks fell to the Chargers 25-17. to And this game was a typical kind of Seahawks fashion game. They got behind, but as Pete Carroll says, you can't win the game to the fourth quarter. So Russell threw a pick six late in that fourth quarter, and they fell down 25-10. to 10. But just like he did many times over his career, he made things interesting. Answered with a long drive with a Nick the Net touchdown on fourth and goal. Seahawks defense gets a stop on the ensuing possession. Russ gets the ball back with 133 remaining. Russ leads the Seahawks crazy down the field, then on fourth and two with the Chargers 20. Tyler Lockett draws a pass interference penalty. This gives the Seahawks one untimed down on fourth down from the one-yard line with no time left. You're thinking Chris Carson's going to get the rock. It's going to be a tie game. Not so fast. J.R. Sweezy falls starts. Move the ball back to the six. Russell can't find Demo Swag on fourth down, and the Chargers won that game. Different time, Bump. Doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but the leading rusher uh-huh. for the Seahawks that day was Mike Davis with 62 yards. 
Wow. And Doug Baldwin had 77 yards on four receptions. Bobby Wagner did his thing, 13 tackles, three passes defended, and one QB hit. So hopefully the Seahawks can kind of break what's happened over the last couple of matchups against these Chargers. But let's go back to our side, the NFC West. What's the word? And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? In the NFC West, the Seahawks are in first place. They're sharing it, though, with the 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. The Cardinals are at the bottom at 2-4. and four. It was a good week in the NFC West. If you are a Seahawks fan, the Seahawks beat the Cardinals and the 49ers dropped to the Falcons. The only other team to win this week were the Rams. I believe they beat the Carolina Panthers. All right, let's talk about these 49ers and these Falcons. It turns out these guys aren't bad overall. They beat the 49ers 28-14, to 14, and they are 3-3 three and three on the season. Mariota, man. He's playing some good ball right now. He looks young. I see him running around and Mm -hmm. making plays like the fountain of youth is there with Mariota. He counted for all three offensive touchdowns for the Falcons, and he finished 13 to 14, the 129, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Very efficient day. Not a lot of big numbers, but very efficient. 144 passer rating. He had six carries for 50 yards and a touchdown. Now, their game plan was conservative, and I think that's the way yep. they have to go with the Atlanta Falcons. You still have some weapons. You got Drake London. Um, you got some playmakers on that side. But with this offense, you have to be conservative, and that's what they do. Now, Jimmy G was Jimmy G, yeah. right? And what what exactly does that mean for the people? What, what's Jimmy G, Nas? It's tough, man. Uh, we've, we've talked. We've gone round and round on Jimmy on this podcast. But when we say Jimmy G is being Jimmy G, that just means – he was average to below average, and on last Sunday he was below average. You know he was he threw two picks, or you know he had two touchdowns. So he does some good, does some bad. You know twenty nine and forty one, two touchdowns, two picks. It's just Jim. It's just good enough to to sometimes keep you in the game, but also good enough to get you beat. I mean, I don't. That's really all I can say about that, right? And we were, and there were people out here who wanted Jimmy G to be a Seattle Seahawk. Yes, Geno Smith were. is shutting that down right now. Now, Brandon Ayuk still had a good game. He had two touchdowns. He had eight receptions for 83 yards and two tutties. Um, but that was really only the, the only shining spot for these 49ers. You mentioned Jimmy G. He finished 29-41, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and both teams ran 60 plays. I don't know what to think of the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know what to think of the 49ers at this point, but I know that the Falcons did us a solid and took care of the Niners so we can tie this thing up in the division. No, appreciate them for that, for real. You know, I didn't appreciate what happened up here in Seattle, but doing us a solid on the back end is nice. I know the 49ers have a good defense. Like you said, I don't know what else to say about them. Staying in the division, though, another team with a quarterback that a lot of people out here wanted, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. For those Panthers. He did not play because things are, <laughs> I'll just say it right now, things are rough. Things are rough in Carolina. <laughs> Scott Fitterer, who's their GM, was really good here in Seattle. So love Scott. Scott is a great dude. So I'm feeling for you, Scott. Hopefully you guys pull it together, you know, on the field. But right now it was tough. So they lose to the Rams. And they were up on the, they kind of give the Rams a run at their, you know, money. Panthers led 10-7 at the half after a pick six. As we know, Matthew Stafford has been struggling with Man. interceptions because when he's good, he's good. When he's bad, he's bad. He's been making a lot of those really crucial mistakes so far this season. But after that, that was really the only thing the Panthers had. Rams scored 17 unanswered points in the second half. Carolina only run, ran 44 plays, eight first downs, two of 10 on third down. Man. It was bad. And, you know, 
I mentioned Baker Mayfield was hurt. Sam Darnold was hurt. P.J. Walker started the game, didn't play well. Jacob Beeson, though, shout-out Jacob Beeson, UW, former Seahawks QB, pride of Lake Stevens High School, got in the game. He won 3-5 of five for a 59 yards but did throw an interception. To make matters worse, there's an altercation on the sideline bump. Wide receiver coach gets into it with Robbie Anderson. There's a whole scuffle. Wilk says, nah, like, go inside. We're done with you, you know what I'm saying? And then he got traded the next day. Out of there. So, yeah, things aren't going great there in Carolina. Hoping for Scott Fitter's sake that those get up because he's a great dude. In the division, though, staying with the, the Rams, Stafford, 26-33, 253, one touchdown, one interception. Cooper Cup led the way with 80 yards on seven receptions. Rams host the 49ers in a big NFC West matchup, not this week, but the following week. So it'll be interesting to see. The Rams have a bye this week. So the West can get tricky. If the, if the Seahawks bump can figure something out this week, there is a chance Come on. they could be all alone in first place. But let's get back into the team the Seahawks are playing this week, the Los Angeles Chargers. Man up. Hey, who man is this? Man up on Hawk Talk. Justin Herbert bump. This is the dude. He is that dude. He played at Oregon. You work for the Pac-12, so you got to see this man a lot. He he's he's the man. Um, he's in his third season with the Chargers. So far, he's lived up to the hype. He's coming off a monster season where he went 443 for 672, 5,014 yards, 38 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. This year so far, he's got 1,700 yards, 10 touchdowns. Three interceptions, currently on pace to throw for over 5,000 and 30 touchdowns again. And Bump, he's playing through something right now. So it's pretty impressive what he's doing because he's playing through a rib fracture, rib cartilage on a hit that he suffered, I believe, against the Chiefs in week two. So yep. he's gotten through it. But Bump, he tell me what you like about Justin Herbert because I feel like he is the real deal. Man, one is demeanor. I know that was a knock on him, honestly, coming out of Oregon. They said he didn't show a lot of emotion, but I think. That might be his superpower, man. He's like, look, I'm not going to show a lot of emotion. I'm just going to be even kill, and I'm going to get this done. He's only been sacked seven times this season. So he's getting the football out on time, and that offensive line is protecting him. He's got weapons. We're going to talk about the weapons that he has. You combine that arm, that demeanor, that offensive line with the weapons he has. He's looking pretty good. What else we got? There's another quarterback who's doing his thing, bomb. Who is that? We got Geno Smith. He is our guy, the most accurate quarterback in the league, completing 73% of his passes. He did fall to number three in QB rating. He's a 101, 108.1, just one point behind Josh Allen and Tua. Tua had a week off, though. He was recovering, so he didn't have to put that rating uh, to risk. So far this season, he is 138 for 188, 1,502 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions, he also been getting them knees up. Yes, 26 sir. carries, 125, and one touchdown. And Gino also has led the Seahawks to scoring on 44% of their offensive drives. That ranks fourth in the NFL. That means when he has the football, he's moving it, he's spreading it around, and we're getting points on the board. He only needs 30 pass attempts without an interception to set a career high of attempts. 116 attempts. Currently on second on the longest career streak of 86 attempts without an interception. Smart with the ball, Gino. And you know what? We talked about this the other day. And his whole swag is different. Like he's wearing like the European suits now. He's showing up, you know, hopping out the car, walking through the tunnel, looking like an NFL Pro Bowl type quarterback. I love what I'm seeing. Oh, he, he Gino. At this point, he walks into a room. You're like, oh, who's that? Oh, Gino owns every room he walks into right now. He walks up to the podium, calm, cool, collected, smooth. As he said, people try to write him off. He ain't right back. 
Geno, love it. And Geno's going up against the Chargers defense has just been okay, ranking at 18th in the NFL, allowing 349 yards per game. They're also about so-so 18th in the NFL in pass, passing, allowing 224 yards per game. So Geno's going to have to pick his choose his spots, definitely. I think he's got a shot against them. You know, anytime DK Metcalf, Tarlockin on the field, I'm going to take them, especially coming off a week where they only had four combined receptions. So I think Geno is going to be in his bag on Sunday. So definitely be looking for that. And then another player for the for the Chargers, man, Austin Eckler. This matchup I'm really interested in against that Seahawks front seven. Austin Eckler is a great running back, man. He, the way I look at it, man, Justin Herbert obviously touches the ball every single play because he's a quarterback. The next dude is Austin Eckler. He's got 116 yeah. touchdowns on offense between carries and receptions. 75 carries, 349 yards, four touchdowns. He's also got 41 receptions, 261 yards, and two touchdowns on 49 targets. His 41 receptions lead the team. So he's in his sixth year. Uh, with the Chargers out of Western Colorado Division II school, and he's done nothing but Purdue since arriving. Last season, 911 yards, 12 touchdowns, 647 receiving yards, eight receiving touchdowns. And Bump, I don't know if this is lazy, because I don't watch that much Chargers football. Yeah. But when you think of running backs that can do it all, you think of Darren Sproles, that kind of just shorter, smaller, shift to your back. It might be lazy, but the, the production is there. The yeah, he does. He does remind me of D Sproles for sure. Like the size, the wiggle. Now D Sproles, man, he was a, a special talent for yeah. sure. But you, you see some of that in my guy Austin Eckler. All right, another matchup. We got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Joshua Palmer, our guy Gerald Everett versus Tariq Woolen, Mike Jackson, and Sidney Jones. Now this core is usually led by Keenan Allen. He's one of the best in the game when it comes to running routes, the receiver position. Five time Pro Bowler. Five 1,000-yard seasons and 48-yard touchdowns. He's been hurt this year. He's been suffering a hamstring injury. Um, that happened very first game against the Chargers, so they haven't had him. Um, he might play this week, and if he does play, these guys got to be ready to go. I heard um, Mebane talking to KJ on KJ's show today, and he said, Mebane said, look, this dude's routes are the crispiest of the crispy. <laughs> he's not going to run by you, but he's going to make you work. So if he is there... On Sunday, these guys got to be ready to go. Now, Mike Williams is another guy you need to look at. But he's a big play, big play type of receiver. That's 409 yards on 30 receptions and two touchdowns. When I watch this guy play, I just see, like I mentioned, big play ability. He will grab the football out the air. He has some run after the catch. He does a little bit of everything. And then our guy, man, Gerald Everett. He's rocking the seven. He got a visor on right now, like yep. Gerald Everett. He's he's feeling himself, and he's he's looking pretty good, man. He has twenty two receptions for two forty two and two touchdowns, and then another youngster, youngster Joshua Palmer, is right behind him with twenty six, two forty, and one touchdown. But they're going up against Tariq. Tariq might be one of the hottest players in the league right now, and he is playing like it. Five tackles, one pass defending, one interception, and one fumble recovery versus AZ. He was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Yeah. Every week, this guy is doing something impressive, something to make you shake your head and be like, he ain't no rookie. I mean, he leads the NFL in interceptions. Like, think about that. This man had two interceptions in college. He's barely played the position. I mean, we can say this over and over again, but every time you say it, it's, 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 it blows your mind because that should not be happening at this level, the highest level of professional football, and this guy's doing it at that level. 
22 tackles in the year, four interceptions, five pass defended, two fumble recoveries. When you look at rookie corners, according to Pro Football Focus, highest coverage grade is Tariq Woolen at 84.6. He's doing it. His boy right behind him, though, Kobe Bryant's on that list at 77.3. These guys are just doing it. Kobe's holding his own. He's got four forced fumbles on the year, which lead the National Football League. He's also got three in consecutive games. So these dudes are doing it, and I love watching them, and they're going to have their hands full. Obviously, if Keenan Allen wants to take another week off, you know, get right, stay in the tub, do what he's got to do. You're right, man. It's a marathon. Not a body. Exactly. It's a marathon. I'm not going to be mad at him. You know what I'm saying? Take <laughs> care of your body. Stay off the field. Uh, if he is there, it's definitely going to be <laughs> – it's going to be a tough matchup for those guys, but they're they're with the challenge, man. They've, they've been doing everything they can all year. So, love to see that. Now, the other matchup we're looking at, this is going to be, this man's a problem. You mentioned it earlier in the podcast, Khalil Mack taking on the Seahawks rookie tackles, Abe Lucas and Charles Cross. Khalil Mack, man. He's been in the league a minute, but he's still one of the premier pass rushers in the league. He's number yeah. two right now in the NFL in sacks with six. He is fifth in the NFL and TFLs with seven. His resume over time, three-time first-team All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, 82 and a half sacks, 490 tackles, 110 TFLs, AP Defensive Player of the Year in 2016. So Cleo can still play. And he's not going to stay on one side of the field. He's going to move around a little bit. He's still got a burst. He can beat you with a bull rush. He can get around you. He can spin. He can do it all. So these rookies are going to be tested on Sunday for sure, but – They've held their own, just like this entire rookie class has done all season long. Cross and Lucas have only allowed five sacks combined in 227 true passing situations and drop back, according to Pro Football Focus. So those boys are going to have to come with it, but it's going to be a matchup that you're going to love to watch. And the way Geno's got things going, you're going to want to know where 52's at every single snap. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge, but I think at this point, they're still rookies, but they're not brand new. They're not fresh yeah. off the box no more. You know what I'm saying? They got some some blood, sweat, and tears on this team so far. So I'll be looking at that. Another one we're looking at, Ken Walker versus the Chargers front seven. Last week he had 97 yards on 21 carries and a touchdown. The thing that impressed me most about last week is just that the 21 carries. Like this guy is a rookie, and they didn't ease him in. They didn't say, okay, we're going to mix in some DJ Dallas, which I thought they were going to do. DJ had two carries. But uh, they said, no, nah, we're going to let you do your thing. On the year he has 44 carries, 243 yards, and two touchdowns. And um, he's made the most out of his opportunities. He makes guys miss. And I heard somebody in the Seahawks camp compare this dude to Barry Sanders. And I'm like, man, don't do that to my, my dude. I'm like, come on, that's Barry. But he got some wiggle. Like, he is an elusive back. He needs 125 yards to pass. Kurt Warner for third place for the most yards in franchise history. And a player's first two starts with 222. So he's already making his mark on this franchise. The Seahawks have the 11th ranked rushing attack. With 124 yards per game, it started with Rashad Penny, and this young man is going to keep the good times rolling. The Chargers are 23rd, averaging 100, giving up 125 yards per game. So it's right there for him, right? He's in his groove. We know he's going to get touches. You're playing against a team that gives up a lot of yards. Yeah, Ken Walker. My, I mean, I got nothing. I got nothing else to say. As uh, we were calling on post game show, K9. Out there doing his thing. I'm not hey, going to do the barking stuff that Turbo was doing. I'll spare everybody that. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, Walker, is, he, he's a man. And I think well, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said they're not going to ease him into it. Pete said it last week, and the game plan showed it. 21 carries, he's shown that he can carry that load, and if he can continue to do that, and if he's at 20 carries, that's a great sweet spot because that means we're 
the game plan is going well. We're getting a little run, a little pass. We have their balance. So hoping Ken Walker has another big game down at SoFi Stadium. And this isn't really a matchup bump, but this is something that needs to be corrected. Penalties. Seahawks no. are number two in the NFL in penalties. When I looked that up, I was like, dang. They've been penalized 50 times for 435 yards. Only the Broncos have been penalized more. By comparison, the Rams have been penalized the least amount of times this year, 24 times for 205 yards. So definitely a part of the game the Seahawks need to clean up, and I think if they can do that, good things will happen. But, Bump, man, tell me how we can get this win. Path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away, and that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. All right, this is how they're going to get it done. They have to play the defense they played last week, and that starts with the D-line. For the first time all year, I feel like they won the line of scrimmage. And Clint Hurd dialed some things up, man. I saw some stunts. I saw some slants. Like, they weren't just going head up with guys. And I love the rotation that they had over there. They had six different sacks from six different guys. Put pressure on the quarterback when the line of scrimmage is a must. Absolutely. When the line of scrimmage. I love how you said that because it's true. It felt like the Seahawks have been pushed back in different games. Al Woods is definitely a guy who's won the line of scrimmage most of the time, but it was great to see those guys mix it up in there. And then if those guys are doing that, it allows the secondary and the back guys to take the ball away. Tariq Woolen right. and Kobe Bryant have absolutely led that charge with getting the football away from the other team. I want to continue to see them do their thing, but I want to see other guys involved, man. People forget Quandre Diggs is a ball hawk back there. He's had all those seasons with five interceptions in a row. I want to see Quandre pick one off. I want to see him get involved, and he's going to have his opportunity given the way Justin Herbert in the Chargers' third-ranked passing offense is right now. So definitely want to see those guys get involved. Man, Justin Herbert and them boys throw the ball 42 times per game. So there's going to be many opportunities for Quandre, for Tariq Woolen to get the ball, for Kobe Bryant to keep doing what he does. And they also got to be better on third downs, man. The Seahawks offense has carried most of the burden this season, but the last two weeks third down has been kind of suspect. So let's get back to doing what we're used to seeing. Then also we just mentioned this kid, Ken Walker, give him the rock. Let him do it. He's shown he can handle it. He's elusive. He can break tackles. Let him work. Absolutely. Now, last thing, protect Geno Smith. You know, Kuhl Mack is dangerous. He's yes, dangerous. He so it's up to the Abe Lucas, Charles Colasso, offensive line, Austin Blythe. Keep Gino upright. He got sacked a little bit too much last week. So we know that that's going to be a thing. And win two games in a row, man. The Seahawks have not been able to put together a win streak this season. I feel like this is the week against the Chargers. It's going to be a tough game down there in L.A. at SoFi. But the Seahawks are going to be ready. And we'll get you ready, too. If you're listening this weekend, the Seahawks game will kick off at 125 be able to catch that on Seattle Sports in the flagship station of the Seahawks. And reminder, on this podcast, you can catch us everywhere. Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Sirius, XM, and more. He's Michael Bumpus. I'm Nasa Chobi. This has been Hawk Talk. Preview edition as Seahawks head down to L.A. to take on the Chargers. We'll be talking to you on Monday, hopefully after a Seahawks win. <laughs>